Our cruiser must be back. Which means we'll be able to get our reinforcements. Well, then it looks like our problems are solved. Fresh troops, new supplies, and perhaps they brought my new Padawan with them. You really think it's a good idea to bring a Padawan learner into all this? I spoke to Master Yoda about it. You should put in a request for one. You'd make a good teacher. <laughs> no thanks. Anakin, teaching is a privilege. And it's part of a Jedi's responsibility to help train the next generation. Padawan would just slow me down. A youngling? And who are you supposed to be? I'm Ahsoka. Master Yoda sent me. I was told to tell both of you that you must get back to the Jedi Temple immediately. There's an emergency. Well, I don't know if you've noticed, but we're in a bit of an emergency right here. Yes, our communications have been a bit unreliable, but we've been calling for help. Master Yoda hadn't heard from you, so he sent me to deliver the message. <sighs> oh, great. They don't even know we're in trouble. Maybe you can relay a signal through the cruiser that just dropped me off. Fanboys and Friends presents... It's an instinct. Somewhere on the internet, this may all be happening right now. A feeling. The Force brought us together. We're not alone. Good people will fight if we lead them. People keep telling me they know me. No one does. Taking one last look, sir. Every podcaster tells his story. At my friends. Confronting fear is the destiny of a Jedi. Your destiny. Fandom Awakens Radio. Always. Fans together strong. Alright, gang, and welcome to the latest episode of Fandom Awakens Radio. Fans together strong, our flagship show. We are talking everything Ahsoka in a show called Tegruta Genesis, Heir to the Snips. And with me, your friend and mine, all the way out in, well, all the way out in wonderful Dagobah or Florida, and Kyle Wagner. Kyle, how's it going, bud? 
I am doing well, sir. Um, it's going to be an interesting show as we look at a character that if you would have told me well, the first time we saw this character on screen that she would probably be one of the top five most impar- important characters in Star Wars history, I would have looked at you and laughed and laughed a lot. Oh, you're not alone in announcement. I, I was right there with And look, good good fans follow orders. Oh, man, oh, that, that chip in my head, sorry. But I that that film in 2008, I think it was 2008, right? It was like August 2008 or something like that. <laughs> um, that did very little to impress me at all with uh, not just the film, but this whole, you know, Clone Wars series. I know, I know, people get all up in arms when you don't like something, but uh, you know what, guys? It's my form and my honesty, so I can't help you. Um, but, yeah, I just I just almost walked away from Clone Wars. I, to put it bluntly, Kyle, I almost mm-hmm. pulled a Ahsoka leaving the Jedi Temple years before she left the Jedi Temple. Ahsoka, I am so sorry about everything. You have our most humble apologies, little Ahsoka. The Council was wrong to accuse you. You have shown such great strength and resilience in your struggle to prove your innocence. This is the true sign of a Jedi Knight. This was actually your great trial. Now we see that. We understand that the Force works in mysterious ways. And because of this trial, you have become a greater Jedi than you would have otherwise. Back into the Order, you make her. They're asking you back, Ahsoka. I'm asking you back. doing this the council didn't trust me so how can i trust myself what about me i believed in you i stood by you i know you believe in me anakin and i'm grateful for that but this isn't about you 
I can't stay here any longer. Not now. The Jedi Order is your life. You can't just throw it away like this. Ahsoka, you are making a mistake. Maybe. But I have to sort this out on my own. Without the Council... ...and without you. I understand. More than you realize... ...I understand wanting to walk away from the Order. I know. So what? And it's a good place to start. Obviously, Ahsoka Tano first appeared in the original Clone Wars film, which is definitely a point of contention for many a Star Wars fan. Yeah. And if you would have, if you would have based the future of Star Wars off of that film, I, I think we we would have been in a very bad place very quickly. Yeah. Um. You know what's kind of funny? What's that? People. And look, we're not going over this again. No rabbit holes. This is strictly so good. But it is very relatable to the issue. What's funny, Kyle, is you think 2017 was a contentious time for uh, fans? Yeah, you have no idea. Oh, yeah, because we were basically in the days of we had no idea what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Disney had not purchased Lucasfilm yet. Right. George was working on it. George is kind of, we had some, we had the prequels kind of kicking into gear. We had, we had some other things kind of kicking around, but I mean, it was, it was a very, I don't want to call it dark day. Well, it the, was not a good time. The prequels Wars. came and went because that whole yeah. prequel fad ended, what, 2005? I uh, must see here. Because it was 99, 02, and 05. Yeah, 2005. Yeah, and so that was, was I mean, Star well, no, wait, Wars no. was essentially dormant and gone. All wait, we no, have no, is the EU going. Let's be fair. The first Clone Wars experience was actually 2003. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. With the with the with the shorts, and then in 2008 they came out with the film. I think I think generally people. Um, I think generally there are, there's about a smallish number of folks that prioritize the shorts over the 2D Clone uh, Wars animated series. Um, well, let me put it this way. I would take the shorts over the movie. Well, yeah, I would too. And I don't like the shorts, but I damn sure take them over the movie. Oh, yeah. But, and so... But I just, I, I just wanted to bring that up because I actually had a conversation with about somebody who's trying to kind of get, who's kind of just dove in some of the Star Wars stuff mm-hmm. and they were asking me about that. So I just wanted to bring that point up. But, you know, we, we, we still, even even going into the Clone Wars TV series. Right. If you talk to most true Clone Wars fans, they will be the first to readily admit it wasn't until about episode eight where Clone Wars really turned a corner. That is true, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I mean, to me, the episode that that always did it for me when I when I think about, um, 
Clone Wars is the first is the episode where um, Kit Fisto goes after Grievous and goes into his oh go up the his, letter of Grievous episode because I think that that just turned that from okay this is a lot more than just a little kid show right no it did you could start to see the the kid training wheels which were evident with that movie big time right oh yeah well you would you started to see the kid training wheels kind of fall off well slowly shed off like a snake shedding his skin one might say yeah well but i think i think the other thing that's so interesting with ahsoka for sure and clone wars it's fun to look at ahsoka because ahsoka has grown up in star wars like dave filoni has grown up as a director and being a key cock in star wars Mm -hmm. and when we look at ahsoka just if we just focus on the Clone Wars run for the moment, right? This is a character that I think even after completing season one, most people were like, "Can we kill her off?" The whole Snips Sky Guy thing, and right, yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny you say that because I remember reading somewhere where, and this is why I credit Clone Wars with largely being, you know, Filoni, where. I remember reading this quite a ways back. George, his intention was to kill off Ahsoka. Well, I, but I think I think the thing with it was thus was... creating more of that spiral with Anakin that you know the films. Let's be honest, really couldn't be bothered with because you only have three of them, George. Well, so so here's here's the other thing, and I think this is why this is such an interesting period in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Because I think the reason there are two reasons why I don't think the Ahsoka death truly. This is just my personal. But there, I think there's two right. reasons yeah, why yeah, the Ahsoka yeah. death didn't happen. One, George realized how important the character was to Dave. Mm-hmm. And also, George Lucas's daughter. Well, yeah, with her involvement bit... of Clone Wars and her like of the Ahsoka character. Right, there were two elements that made a big pivot, because if it wasn't for that, the element of Dave and the element of his daughter, especially his daughter, then I don't think George would have pivoted away from his original intention. I think if it wasn't for those two, yeah, George would have just taken Ahsoka right off the board, incredibly early. But I also think this too, and I think... and and I'll just say for the record, had he done that, that would have been the dumbest decision he had ever made. Well, uh, yeah, there's a there's a few in there, but there's a few, yeah. But we, but, I we've mean, gone over we've gone over those before. But 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 in truth, too, I truly don't think until I'll say. Season four of Clone Wars, mm-hmm. did most people really start understanding how important Ahsoka had become? Right. Yeah. It was. Def- I can definitely see that being in season four. Because obviously, we as we hit the final seasons, and she leaves the leaves the Jedi Order, and then building up her return to Star Wars and Rebels, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. I think still. To this day, it is one of the best pieces of Star Wars storytelling, live action or animation, period. 
mm-hmm. was the Ahsoka story that they did in the final season of Clone Wars. Season 7? Oh, the uh, you're talking the, the Mandalore battle specifically? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that to me is still some yeah, of the I, most incredible. No, I agree. Answer one question. You have but to ask. What do you want with Anakin Skywalker? He is the key to everything. To bring balance to the Force? To destroy. He has long been groomed for his role as my master's new apprentice. You lie. Not in fact. I was so certain of his fate that I orchestrated this war to lure him here with Kenobi to kill him, thus depriving Sidious of his prized pupil. I know Anakin. Your vision is flawed. I see the Padawan needs one last lesson. difficult to kill.
give you one last chance. Join me. Or die. Never. Let me go. Let me die! We'll get into it later on in the program, but that that lightsaber fighting, mm-hmm. I have really, really high hopes for the lightsaber fighting in uh, in what we're about to see with the eight episode Ahsoka run. Uh, I think I, I think it'll be some good fights. I I, quite, I, I think a lot of it's going to be adjusted because you're talking live action. A lot you animation. can do in animation that you can't do in live action. Plus, it's, a, it's an older Ahsoka, different fighting yeah. style as you've gotten older, th- things of that nature. But Right. I mean, the, if you noticed in one of the, I think it's a little mini trailer they released a couple of weeks ago or something. Uh, she's apparently ditched the one saber uh, out and sideways and the other behind you. Well, well, we'll see. I, th- I think that's there's a lot of interesting things that are going to come from that. Well, but like, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I do know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But I think one of the other things, too, that became so important with Ahsoka was because, obviously she was a, our point of view character. Right, she was, yeah. and Which made her important. But the other she was, important... She was, a better, she was a better way to explain the prequels than George actually oh. explained the prequels. I mean, and let's be honest, most Star Wars, most Star Wars fans, I think, will, when they're being honest, will say that the Clone Wars helped redeem the prequels. Yeah, that's exactly what I said. Yeah, but right. so the other, but the other aspect of this is obviously the, this, the the improvement in writing of the Ahsoka character and the growth of the and the, literally seeing this character grow up before our eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but what this character also did was. Improve the Anakin Skywalker character immensely. Because, yeah, be, because... because and and I'm glad you brought that up because I will raise that with and what irritates me is you had two films to really 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 sharpen that and you couldn't. Well, I, there, and there's reasons for that as well, which is that's no, I I that. understand that, and that's a whole other Gundark's nest of. Uh, of Topics to tackle, but you you see where my irritation lies, guys. Oh yeah, you had oh, yeah. two films to do that, and you didn't do that at all. Yeah, well, I, I I think so. I think again, that's one of the biggest importances of Clone Wars. It is, but but th- 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 there is something and, else, and it's the legacy of the Clone Wars. It's like a um a prequel hospice, as it were. But but 
something else happened along the way in the Clone Wars with Ahsoka. Yeah. And that is the part of Ahsoka became just grew up with the character and they become one and the same. And of course, that means I'm talking about the wonderful Ashley Eckstein. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Ashley is just such a a gem. And and by the way, let me say, look, I that 2008 movie, like I said, did nothing to you know. Almost, I almost turned away from Clone Wars basically, but the way the this fan base and this is a problem that continues to this goddamn day now you know this and i know this right but the way ashley was treated from the beginning was absolutely insufferable and i'm sorry this fan base ought to be ashamed every single goddamn day that goes by well, there, 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 there are several points where this fan base, where the Star Wars fan base, I hope, has over the years looked at themselves in the mirror and go, "Yeah, we were wrong." Because I can think of a couple others. Well, but, the, well, but yeah, I can think of a few other recent examples. Yeah, but um, the, the thing about it with Ashley was is that Ash, you can have all the great writing you want, but if you do not have the amazing performance of Ashley Eckstein, actually growing Ahsoka into right. the character she becomes. Yeah. Because this this is one of those things where the voice actress in this case, because we're talking animated, has become so identified with the character that as long as she has the voice and is capable of doing it, nobody but Ashley Eckstein should voice Ahsoka Tano in any animated form. No animated form, I agree. So, so uh, that, that that now th- this is where this is where things kind of get a little interesting because obviously you know it's not only just Clone Wars for amazing performance of Rebels, um, and which, which... And, and before I forget, we gloss over it. Kudos to Ashley Eckstein. She was nothing but the height of you know. Of professionalism and excellence through all of the years of crap she got in oh. in the spoiled little rotten fan base. Well, but here's the other thing, David, and this is this this is all of the credit to Ashley Eckstein because yeah. I am going. I am willing to say this with all with a lot of comfort for all of the you know George, um, you know Dave Filoni, mm-hmm. um. Favreau, all the people involved in Star Wars right now. Right, I've heard of them. I, in my personal opinion, mm-hmm. truly believe that Ashley Eckstein is in the top five of most important people involved in Star Wars ever. She because is. not not only not only for voicing Ahsoka Tano, but for developing the her universe line. Oh God, she is. She she absolutely is becoming such an amazing ambassador for Lucasfilm and for Star Wars. You know, I'm glad you brought that up because I was telling um, uh, Dan Madsen, you know, uh, about a week or so ago, right, that she has, and as we keep going, we'll talk about who's um, 
you know, who's portraying Ahsoka now, but we'll get to that in a minute. But Ashley has now been cemented in franchise ambassador status, which honestly will come in handy when, you know, as we move forward with the franchise and we lose more players, more original trilogy players than we already have. Yeah, but I mean, Ash, Ashley Eckstein is one of the five most important people in Star Wars right now. I truly, I truly believe that. No, no doubt, she is. She definitely and, is. And 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 here's the thing of it. And yeah. Well, we'll let's 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 hit this bridge right here because Ashley Eckstein is so and and rightfully so associated with Ahsoka Tano that uh-huh. when even there was just. Before the thought of even having a live action Ahsoka in anything, right? People were like, "Well, were they, Ashley's the only person who could be, and Ashley was the only person who could be." And no offense to Ashley, because I love Ashley, the sweet on the planet. Oh, she is. She was never going to be the live action version of Ahsoka because she does. She's not the right build for the character. She's also. I'm glad you brought that up because she's also one where. The features don't exactly translate the exactly. exotic look of Ahsoka well, when exactly. you're taking She's... it out of stylized animation and putting it into live action. I mean, I, I was to the point... Not, with not the... a, a detriment to Ashley. No, And not. another just... point to bring up, though, is Ashley almost has... Um, I've called it that Michael J. Fox effect, where the older Ashley gets, the more she's going to look like a kid probably the rest of her life. Yeah, Ashley, Ashley, Ashley's kind of frozen in time with her aging. I mean, wouldn't you, wouldn't you agree to that? Oh, yeah, I would agree to that. Yeah. But here, here, here's the other aspect of it, David. I was to the point, though, to where I, well, I knew Ashley probably couldn't be a live-action Ahsoka just were to be things beyond her control. Right. But yeah. I was so to the point that if they ever did a live action Ahsoka, I think I was to that point, and I think a lot of the Star Wars fan base was okay. Fine, they're doing a live action Ahsoka. They're going to cast an actress to be the physical form of Ahsoka, but then they're going to dub Ashley's voice over her. Oh, you mean like that solo Darth Maul thing that may not go anywhere? Yes. I regret to inform you that Dryden Voss is dead. Murdered by the thief he hired to steal the coaxium shipment, his friend, Tobias Beckett. Is that so? Where is the shipment now? Gone. Beckett took it, slaughtered the others. I alone survived. One man couldn't have done this alone. I wasn't there. But if I had been, perhaps I could have saved him. (laughs) Bring the ship and come to me on Dathomir. And you and I will then decide what to do about the traitor Beckett and his accomplices. I'm on my way. Kira. You and I 
will be working much more closely from now on. Yeah, or or even uh, James Earl Jones, David Prowse. See, I I I'm with you on that, but considering who they got, well, and that, that no, 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 no. Considering who they got and the caliber of who they got, that is incredibly unfair to do. Well, no, and that's that was my next point. Right, because when you, when you... the the the. Let me make this point, though. The Maul and Solo thing, right? Mm-hmm. Because it was uh, only the... Not not the caliber of, say... Oh, I'll just say it. A Rosario Dawson. It was Ray Park. Very different caliber there. Because it was the physicality guy of Darth Maul, you know, from Phantom Menace, there wasn't the there wasn't the missing that voice because we haven't heard Ray speak. Right. Well, and the other thing it was such a quick cameo that. Well, it, it yeah, was... that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when they announced Rosario Dawson was cast as Ahsoka, I was like, "That's amazing casting." Oh, dude, and... I was over. I was over the Death Star with this casting. Full disclosure, okay, and and. You know what? Don't ju- don't you dare judge me because I love this film to no end. They don't make music satire movies like this anymore. I have been a fan, a goddamn fan of Rosario Dawson's ever since Josie and the Pussycats. If you don't believe me how cool that movie is, why are you here? That movie goddamn rocks and you better, well I almost swore, you better put a shine on it kids because that movie is awesome. Well, she's done so many things. Obviously, her role in the Netflix Marvel series. Mm-hmm. Um, she did it. She did a great. She's done a. The thing about Rosario is she's a lot of stuff that people maybe don't realize about either. She did a great show for um, HBO that kind of went unnoticed called um, the DMZ. Oh, dude, I was shook watching that whole entire thing. I was like, what? and that was based off of a. That was actually based off of a DC Vertigo. I was I was watching that going, what the hell is this? I mean, but she, she I mean she's done Kevin Smith movies. She's done, she's done such a variety of things. She's the only reason I sat through Kevin Smith, who I haven't really liked in a number of years. But I know the, the, the sad part of it is too, David, and I, I we we have to we have to go full disclosure if we're if we're gonna do this, right? I hated it when it happened, and I know there's still, still people who are still right pounding that drum. She did go through some controversy. It was proven that a lot of the things that were levied against her were false. But you know, unfortunately, the way the world is now today, they they react react before we have everything in line. But yeah, you know what? I, Gee, not I, like we haven't seen that before. I I I, I truly do believe that. Yes, we we see we finally saw live action Ahsoka in the Mandalorian. We finally saw her, we saw her again in Book of Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. This upcoming Ahsoka series. Before you get there, and we'll uh-huh. we'll run the trailer in a bit, but I gotta share some more Ahsoka thoughts. Okay, look, that 
that episode in Mandalorian season two, I believe it was chapter thirteen, the Jedi. Yep. Very apropos named, right? Uh, very appropriately named. <laughs> Surrender, or face the consequences. You have one day to decide. That episode got more of that emotional reaction. Well, okay, to, to make this example, I'll go with, um, you know, I'll contrast it with uh, how Mando season two ended. And we all know how it ended, right? You know, yep. uh, Luke Skywalker showing up, making everyone, um, you know, jealous that, that in the 90s they sucked the Dark Forces too. So we get that, right? Next wing. One X wing? Great. We're saved. Incoming craft, identify yourself. Why did they stop? Drop it. 
that didn't get much of a reaction out of me. And for two reasons. One, yeah, I, it made sense in the story, guys. I knew where it was going. All right? And two, and you and I have covered this, I'm not really a big fan of the deep fake uh, VFX stuff they, they've chosen to do. All right? I'm just not really a fan of that. As a matter of fact, Kyle, you know what I equate all of this stuff to? The, 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 the deep fake VFX trickery and the AI stuff Hollywood is losing their shit over right now? <laughs> I equate it to Ian Malcolm's little spiel in Jurassic Park. Uh, I, can, I can see that, Sam. Think about that. Think about that. All I'll say on it, because the, the speech speaks for itself. But what I will say is, those two things added to my sort of muted reaction uh, to it. Now, did I love that everyone else had that reaction? Great. Yes, I did. Wonderful. Wonderful stuff. If you're a fellow fan and you had the reaction, I love that you had that. If you're a Star Wars YouTuber that I don't normally watch because uh, Star Wars YouTube is a wretched hive of scum and uh, and butthurt, I love that. I love that you had a reaction to it. Great. I wish I did. Now, going back to my original point, where I had that kind of reaction that people did have to, um, you know, VFX fake Luke, as it were, was, you know, my girl Rosario showing up as Ahsoka, a lightsaber-wielding queen on, what was that, Corvus? Yeah. Right? That's where my reaction was. I, I lost it, Kyle. I flipped out. I was, you know when, you know when you have to muffle your screams because it's three in the morning and you don't want to wake your neighbors because they probably have to get up at five to go to work. Mm -hmm. That was me. That was me. I have already said, look, I'm not a big fan of, of Disney's, you know, treat one coast uh, with a convenient time at midnight and, you know, treat the other coast shitty with three in the morning. But I will camp out for, you know, the Ahsoka show. I don't care how late it is. I will, liter I will literally, you know, in, uh, inject my body with caffeine and be like Clockwork Orange with my eyes pried open going, No, you will not sleep. No! Um, that's just how much it means to me. So. Um, so, a couple of things. First, her... The first live action appearance of Ahsoka was a phenomenal episode. It was. But what also helped with that, too, especially as great as Rosario is, is to have her be able to work off such amazing character actor like Michael Bean. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Who I didn't even recognize without the, the greased up Terminator 2 rocker hair, to be honest. So th that helped immensely. Obviously, she had appearances in Book of Boba Fett. Well, and also what helped is uh, it wasn't her other co-star in that episode, uh, Bruce Lee's granddaughter. I believe so. Yes, something like yeah. that. Yeah, but I, I think it was it would a phenomenal... be goddaughter. It'd be a little too young to be grand. Yeah. Um, 
But, I mean, it was just it was a phenomenal episode. Well written, well well mm-hmm. done. Obviously, we see her appearances again in Book of Book of Boba Fett, where she has conversations with Mandalorian, and there's some conversations with Luke I, as well. I think the biggest one, the, the biggest thing though that that appearance show proved is, mm-hmm. and and we talked about this tangentially when we covered Book of Boba Fett, was it basically confirmed that yeah, guys, this whole notion of you know, people wanting the sequels washed. Yeah, they're not doing that. You. I didn't expect to see you here. I'm an old friend of the family. I thought you weren't going to help train Grogu. I'm not. Master Lucas. Then what are you doing here? That's my question for you. I'm here to see the kid. That's why R2 brought you to me instead. <laughs> what is this place? There's nothing now, but will someday be a great school. Grogu will be its first student. I'd like to know how he's doing. He's doing fine. I want to see him. I know you do. Let us take a walk. warned you when we met that your attachment to Grogu would be difficult to let go of. He was a Mandalorian foundling in my care. I just want to make sure he's safe. There is no place in the galaxy more safe than here with Luke. I don't understand why you're all right with Skywalker's decision to train the kid when you wouldn't. Because it was his choice. I don't control the wants of others. Then it's my choice to go and see him. Of course. If that is what you wish. All right. Are you doing this for Grogu? Or are you doing this for yourself? I just... I want to give him this. Why? So he will remember you? No. As a Mandalorian foundling, he should have this. It's his right. Foundling. Perhaps he is a Padawan now. Either way, this armor will protect him. If you are set on it, then allow me to deliver it. I came all this way. He's right there. 
Rogo misses you a great deal. If he sees you, it will only make things more difficult for him. Sure, he's protected. Yeah, that, that that's a different topic. It's, it is, it, it is, yeah. but it, it's in that appearance. So, yeah. Oh, but let, let, yeah, but let's let, let's stay on target. Well, with I know. Because yeah. Here is the thing with this show, and I'm extremely excited for this show. I, uh, um, obviously, I think it's going to be a phenomenal right. show. It is. But there's there's some key things with this show. This this is this is. The true opportunity for Rosario Dawson to put her stamp, her own stamp on a She has not truly had that opportunity. Yeah, no. She made some great, great appearances, and this, but this is this is the first aspect of it. I'm going to play a little bit of here of Devil's Advocate, David, uh-huh. with with seriously. Not not I'm not being negative. I'm not going into a whole negative thing, but. There are a couple of things I do. No, no, no. Have when have to... we ever called you negative? There's a couple of things that I think that I do have a concern about with this. Well, show. before you get to those, uh, this is mm-hmm. the part in the program game where we run the trailer and then we'll come back with our collective thoughts. War is inevitable. One must destroy in order to create. We are no Jedi. I started hearing whispers of Thrawn's return as heir to the Empire. What happens when we find Thrawn? Power, such as you've never dreamed. I've spent most of my life fighting a war. That's why I'm trying to convince you to help me prevent another one. You and I both know who could help you with this. She's still just as stubborn as ever. I bet your master found you difficult at times. Anakin never got to finish my training. I walked away from him, just like I walked away from Sabine. You never made things easy for me. Master. As a Jedi, Sometimes you have to make the decision no one else can. But I'm counting on you to see this through. Nice haircut. Sometimes we have to do what's right, regardless of our personal feelings. Buckle up. If we don't stop Thrawn, everything will be in vain. You have 
no power. Anakin spoke highly of you. I'm not here to discuss my past. We have a lot of work to do. Once a rebel, always a rebel. Please, your your concerns you were initially going with that, so please proceed. Yeah. So as excited as I am, there there's two things with this show that I worry about because even though it's Ahsoka's show, mm-hmm. I am a little concerned that will Ahsoka get overshadowed because this show is definitely going in a direction of hey, this is also going to be the show that wraps up Rebels. Yeah, I can see that. But wasn't that... Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't we have similar uh, concerns to that when we were going from Clone Wars to Rebels? We we had some concerns, but again... I mean, granted, it wasn't going from the animated to live-action space, I'll tell you that. Yeah, well, that, that, that's... And, uh, that's one of my points, is that it's, it's going from animated to live right. action. I can see that, yeah. And so we're not just seeing Ahsoka in live action. We are seeing other characters that have been hinted at in live action. We've never seen them. Outside of Chopper, we've never seen them in live action. You're talking Hera and Sabine specifically? And Ezra. And Ezra, yeah. And because a big chunk of this show is wrapping up what was in the series finale of Rebels, I I would I want this show to give us an Ahsoka tale that's Ahsoka centric. See, I don't know I'm glad you brought up wrapping up uh you know uh season points in Rebels. I don't necessarily look at the at the series as uh the the Rebel season five everybody else does. Mainly because First of all, it's not. You know, it's it's basically uh, been reworked and, and reapproached and redone as part of this Mandoverse right now. Well, okay, and but well, let me let me stop you there for just a second because okay. that that that's that's part of my other concern. Oh, it is. So, okay, so so let me let me explain. All right, this. go ahead. I really want Rosario Dawson. To have a chance, like I said, to really put her own stamp on Ahsoka. Yeah, I think we all do. And what I worry about with with this show, and it's my it's my one concern, okay. is the is the story of Ahsoka going to get sacrificed somewhat to not only wrapping up Rebels, right. which. We know is going to be part of this. They're not bringing all these characters back to not work on that. But is it also going to be, will also fall victim to the mandates that affected Book of Boba Fett because we've got to have this tie into the Mandoverse. We've got we've got to have this going on, this going on. Uh, are you are you and, referring to the uh, the season two point five, which probably was the worst decision you could have made for? What was essentially your sophomore show coming off Mandalorian? 
Yeah, but and but so so there's those two things, and the, I'm, I'm let me be honest here, David. I am. There's one other factor in this. I am so incredibly excited for Thrawn. Yeah. What I'm curious, gonna be curious about is is the Thrawn way because obviously they're setting up Thrawn to be a very big part of this interconnected thing with the man in the quote unquote Mandoverse. Right. Could the Thrawn side of it more dominate the story than the Ahsoka side of it? I'm just, I'm just, I think that what comes up with my worry is that there's trying, it feels like they're trying to do so much in this show that could Ahsoka get lost in her own now, show. If I can equate it, Kyle, it almost sounds like you're worried about this having a BBS effect. And what I mean by that is, uh, look, I, the biggest concern, you know, aside from when we actually saw it, because it was terrible, but the biggest concern with Batman v Superman was, uh, first of all, it was titled poorly. I mean, come on. Batman v yeah. Superman sounds like the worst Law and Order Loring case ever, and but I think your biggest uh, the biggest concern there was Superman getting pushed out of his own movie. Well, now, yeah, I mean now it's... taking that and applying it to this, is that kind of where your concern is? Yeah, I mean, I it's a concern, and and I'm I'm gonna say it. David, because it, it seems to be a little bit of a Disney across the board thing that's been going on with them, and we, we've talked about it with Marvel. Right. We, we've talked about it even with other Disney projects that are going on right yeah. now. It's it's oh, everything must be connected. Are we overloading a show with so much stuff that it becomes? Some of it becomes white. That what the technically what the show is really supposed to be about becomes white white noise to the agenda to the agenda of the bigger story. Right. Yeah. Because clearly what they've been trying to do or attempting to do with these shows, uh, not to the the biggest degree of success in most cases, is treat them like. And this is gonna sound if this sounds like an odd comparison, Kyle. I apologize. But to me, it, it seems like they are going for what the CW was trying to do. Uh, yeah, they, I, I can feel that a little bit. Yeah. Obviously, at a much higher, at a much higher level. But I'm also well, and also opinion. budget. Yeah, but I'm all, I'm also of the opinion of this: is that take some lessons from Andor. Okay. Yes, it tie. It, it's part of the history. It ties into. Rogue One with that character, but yes, and and or itself, so far through season one, while it has elements of Star Wars in it, it's standing alone on its own too. And I'm glad you brought that up because in a funny way, I see Andor is almost what you know Clone Wars did with the prequels, where it reverse engineered, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Andor is kind of reverse engineering Rogue One. Uh, I see, I, but I don't think. I think the difference being is I don't think Rogue One needed a bunch of reverse engineering. Not really. I, I no, think, it didn't. 
I, I, th- I think what Andor is doing... You did not get a Rogue One hospice effect like you got with the prequels. But what, what Andor is doing is it's adding a Star Wars story, but it's a unique Star no, Wars I, story. I agree. I agree. All right. And with, 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 with Ahsoka, the prequels, I felt like such a such a sort of you know WTF moment straight down the middle that to use a a Marvel comparison if I can the um, Clone Wars felt like damage control. Well, but here and, and here and here's the point I get and back. Kids, to. that's just and, a fact. Settle down. Yeah, here's the point I get back to. I am incredibly excited for Ahsoka. I'm an incredibly positive place for Ahsoka. Oh, absolutely. No argument. No yeah. argument for me. And I'm usually the yeah. one to argue your points. Yeah. This is this is also just trying to be, okay, we're a podcast. I'm going to put out something. I want to put out something that's at least going to get people thinking. Right, about yeah. Uh, same thing. Same thing I want to do. And, and here's the other aspect why I'm concerned about this. As much as I love Dave... And I, I love what he's done. And with the quote-unquote Filoni-verse, let's be honest. If there's one critis- major criticism of Dave Filoni is that he always seems to use his next project to wrap up his prior projects. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I mean, I, and, I, will, I will add to that. Uh, my biggest criticism of Dave, and I saw him, you know, kind of flex a bit with, um, you know, as Clone Wars went along and Rebels felt more like what he wanted to do with Clone Wars versus George at times, which I appreciated. But one of the other criticisms I have of Dave Filoni, and look, you know, as a Dave myself, I'm always rooting for home team. I'm like, yay, Dave. I mean, look at David Cornsweat. I have a Superman who shares my name. Okay, well, at least the first part of it. But still, David, yay, right? So I'm always rooting for that. But my biggest criticism with um, with Dave Filoni is, much like we've talked about before, Kyle, with just Star Wars in general all across the board right now, is he's a little too adherent to following George. Oh, I, I think, I think some of that. And I think, but I, I think that I only say that because the point of where we are now with star Wars is so it can grow and get away from that. But I also Which think, I think is you know, something a... you're always going on and on about, you know, getting out of the well, Skywalker but... box, right? Yeah, well, but this this is an this is a, this brings up another interesting aspect of this Ahsoka right. show, is that in a way, this is the moment of truth for Dave Filoni. It is. It's a make or break moment for Dave. I'm not going to go far to say make or break, but this is a moment of truth because this is this is the moment where we truly find out is Dave ready to handle live action. All right. Maybe make or break is not the right phrase. Let's call it a graduation day. Yeah, that's a, that's a good way right. to put it. Yeah. It's a graduation day. It's like, is the show going to be your diploma, or is it going to be, and I don't think it will, uh, about as useful as that time that Eopi farted in Jar Jar's face? Ah! Huh? Well, I, 
and and the reason why I say this is may it's not make or break, but this is the moment of truth for mm-hmm. Dave. Because let let's be honest. The last five to six years with everything that's happened in Lucasfilm, everything that's happened with Star Wars, one of the biggest things is has been Dave has been in an apprenticeship with a lot of different creators to get him ready for live action. Because when Luca when Disney bought Lucasfilm, Dave was nowhere near ready Dave, for live no, action. No, Dave was not. Which is what and he he'll be the first which, one to make which is which is what new. made this whole give Dave the Reigns argument ridiculous because look, we love Dave. He worked under George, we get that. He's done great nothing but great, great things at Lucasfilm. But in no solitary humanistic way was he ready to get the whole keys to the kingdom. Well and this is why there is, no, I, I, there is no way you can puncture that argument because he would say it himself. He was not ready for that. Yeah. Well, and well, let's be honest with you, uh, honest here. And I know your feelings about John Favreau. And what I'm going to say is this is not anything about Favreau's creations. But if anybody understands the importance of making, hitting it out of mm-hmm. the ballpark. Your first time out with a big franchise thing? Uh, it's no, John Favreau. I agree. I mean, and Iron I think... Man on paper sounded like the dumbest thing ever, but if it didn't hit, yeah. there would yeah. we wouldn't be uh, as deep in CMT as we are now. Sorry. And I, I have said this, and I, I think I think it's still one of the wisest decisions that Lucasfilm and Disney mm-hmm. made. The idea of bringing John Favreau in to do the Mandalorian and and work with Dave was brilliant because if nothing else, I think John Favreau, whether you like everything he does or not, he is a very competent and knows what he's doing. Filmmaker and and understand. Also credit in that discussion. And I know it's a buzzword that, you know, uh, again, like saying Disney star Wars, you say it. And all of a sudden people's, um, you know, I don't know, butts pucker up with but come on guys if it wasn't for Kathleen Kennedy Dave would not be in that room sorry there is no way Dave would be in that room if it it wasn't for Kathleen Kennedy uh, I I think also there is something to be uh, Kathleen Kennedy is important too but Dave earned the right to be in that room on this merit is nobody on this planet who understands and knows Star Wars backwards and forwards like Dave? Oh, of does. course. And when I talk about Dave Filoni needing to be mentored, it was it's being mentored into taking something and creating. Right. It and, and another another point to bring up, right? And again, mm-hmm. we'll make uh, you know uh, folks folks butts pucker with frustration here, but it's true. If it wasn't for Kathleen Kennedy, your precious little Bobby Iger, right? The man, the myth, the the WTF, did you just say? Bob Iger. Then Dave Filoni's Clone Wars would have been tossed. No, I, I am... Think about that. 
it goes back to, and this this is it's it's one of the it's why Star Wars has been so complicated the last several years. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I totally because agree so so that. so let, let, let me let, let me finish my thought was that because it was such a state transition, and yes, Kathleen's made some good decisions. She, she's made some not so good decisions, and but I'm not. This isn't about that. But what I will say though to this is that's been the par for the course of Star Wars is people making some good decisions and some not good decisions. But what I will give as a group for is Kathleen defended Dave Mm -hmm. and Bob Iger turned around when everybody was at the throat of Kathleen Kennedy wanting to cut it. He took the lightsaber. Uh Oh, are you referring to that time Bob Iger basically effed up with Solo? Well, yeah, but he and but he took the lightsaber and took and took it on himself when he could have easily let it all fall on Kathy. No, I know he could have. He he should have done uh, yeah. more of that. Like, well, but again, that's neither here nor there because right now we're at Ahsoka is such an important show for the future of Star Wars. Is, yeah. Because well, the the TV side of it, anyway. Uh, no, I I that's. It's it's important for all aspects, and and this is why. It, well, Obviously, especially the plus aspect of it, Kyle, which is what we're focused yeah. on right now. Well, no, but 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 look, there, there's an aspect that isn't plus related because we know that there's supposed to be the Mandoverse kind of wrap up film as well, and I truly do believe that Ahsoka is the show that's really going to start marching us in that direction. Right. No, I, I can agree with that. And that's where I use the term make or break, to be honest. But And I only I, say that because of that Filoni movie off in the distance. Now, I would say, you know, strikes or no, take strikes out of the equation for a second and just play hypothesis here. I think that movie is more beholden to Mando Mandoverse timetables than anything else. Well, but if you technically, we're if we're including Ahsoka as part of the Mandoverse, and obviously the one of the big aspects of this is, I re, like I said, I think Ahsoka is the thing that's going to start all the mechanisms in motion for oh, the storyline. Yeah. So I think it's that's where it's that important. And the 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 other the other aspect of this too is um, it is Ahsoka, and Ahsoka is, in my opinion, one of the top three most important Star Wars characters ever. It is, yeah. Because I, I, if if you were going to ask me to rank right now, it's probably Darth Vader number one. Oh yeah. I would say it's probably. Luke Skywalker number two, yeah, and it's probably tied for third. Ahsoka Tano and Princess Leia. I would, I would honestly uh, flip that a little bit. Put Ahsoka and Leia one and two. Put Luke at three, and Vader. He's at four. So he's at least yeah, in I... the top five. And the only reason I said, Kyle, is I've had 
and this is just my own personal feelings on the matter, right? Mm-hmm. I've had a very different um, look toward Vader uh, since, mm-hmm. uh, you know, George basically made the decision to show the origin. I, I get what you're saying yeah. there. And th- there's no right or wrong answer here. Let me, just so people understand where I'm coming from. Right. The reason why I think, personally, why Vader is the most important Star Wars character is because if Vader doesn't have the look that he has, if he doesn't have the type of dialogue he has in the original trilogy, Mm -hmm. and if if he doesn't just have that aura about him that he does... Nothing else works. Oh, no, I, I, I agree. I'm not disagreeing you... on, on the importance of Vader. I'm just saying that for me, the prequels took him down a bit. Well, I I, I can get that. that I get that, and I, I respect but when you when, when I when I look at the importance of Vader for me, and again, this is just my personal Right, yeah, of course. Our, That's you know, all this is. If, if Darth Vader doesn't work as the villain... In Star Wars, and especially in Empire, yeah. and there's not that aura about yeah. him. It's just another film. It's just all oh, somebody tried to make his face film. Yeah, no, it, I, it, I can see that. I can see that. And with Ahsoka, and why I have her rank so high, is because Ahsoka is the defining character to a whole generation of Star Wars fans. Yeah, no, I, I can definitely see that one. In, in fact, I think I will. I will say this, and I have full confidence in this. Sure. I think Ahsoka is more of a bigger character to is a character that's more recognized in Star Wars to a generate to a bigger group of people in a generation because she has now spanned multiple generations. Right. Yeah. She's. She's been at least what two since two thousand eight. Two since two thousand eight, and where with you look at anybody from the original trilogy, and as much as they've spanned, and we saw them again in the sequel trilogies and the prequels, and we've seen some of them appear in animated things. Yeah. No one has had more screen time than Ahsoka Tano. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, yeah. She, 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 she. She has more screen time than any other character in Star Wars. Uh, I'm sorry. She's definitely had more than Luke over the years. So there's also that. And that's including Luke in the original films. Yeah. So you you have that. And I think for a lot of people, especially the people who grew up in the prequel, where the prequel trilogy in Clone Wars was their first true exposure to Star Wars being part of it. That's that's their character. That's their point yeah, of view character. No, I, that's I their, agree totally. That's their ride or die character. Totally. And they got a lot more time to get invested into that character, and a much more deeper story than any Star Wars character. That's I ever totally been. agree. No, no argument on any point. Uh, the other characters I'm looking forward to, but I want uh, this to zero in on Ahsoka so badly. Just because of the, I I almost have a burning hole in my side of excitement for how I'm I'm itching for the Ahsoka. 
um, or or uh, uh, fangirl flail as um, you know skywalking through Neverland would make it um, you know apropos appropriate really. Um, yeah. I I will say this: I'm looking forward to. Uh, Natasha Lubardizo as being Ren. Now, yeah, well, I uh, think, let, I think... let me just say this: if if you go back, or if our podcast listeners go back and uh, and revisit some of the Red Five Ghost Transmission episodes of you, me, and Matt did back in the day, remember those? Yep. If. <sighs> If I could go back and tell me that was podcasting with you guys, of uh, and I and I was so against Sabine at the time, if I could go back to that and tell that me that you know you would be looking forward to a Sabine anything, I'd probably be laughed at to my face. And that's all right, because I'd probably punch that kid in his. Um, I'm just really looking forward to Sabine. And I, I did not think I would say that. So, Matt, 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 you win. <laughs> so, I mean, when you talk about, obviously, for me, the other character I'm really looking forward to is Thoth. It has been a long time coming, I think, Dave Filoni yeah. did a phenomenal job of. Uh, uh, okay, of I'm just gonna say this because we've seen the images mm-hmm. go around and we've seen the memes go around. I hope mm-hmm. his his Imperial Command clearance code is an X because my God, those pictures make him look like uh, Elon Musk ate a Smurf. Well, I mean, but the thing is, is that I mean, I we, just had to, I just had to get off my chest. We are we are getting we're gonna finally get Thrawn. He um he's been even name dropped now within um the Matt quote unquote oh, yeah. universe. Dude, if I had a the kind of reaction I was talking about earlier on the show to Ahsoka, I I I'll just say it and you're gonna hear an R2 bleep right now, kids, in three, two, one. I fucking flipped. When I heard her say Thrawn, I'm like, what? What did you say? We're doing this? <laughs> what? Well, and I think Rebels actually did a phenomenal job with Thrawn when they introduced him into into that final it season did. of Rebels it did. Well. Can I just say, I, I loved that use of Thrawn, probably over the Tim Zom books. I know that yeah, sounds no. sacrilege, yeah. but I do. Now, by the way, Speaking of the Tim Zom books, and everyone's everyone in their quacking monkey lizard's uncle is saying, "Oh, all of this is leading to a an adaptation, a loose adaptation." One would one would think of *Heir to the Empire*. You know, mainly because it oh. gets name dropped in the trailer and all that stuff. I, I think I think that's fair. I think a fairly loose no, interpretation. No, no, Kyle, it is. But I'm going to I'm going to state that this feels more. And I had this I had this 
sinking suspicion ever since that that Mando season three episode where we saw Gideon and the Shadow Council, right? Uh-huh. Where this feels more like it's being set up to be a loose adaptation of um, the Thrawn duology. I think it was Specter of the Past and Vision of the Future, was it not? Yeah. Well, here, here's, here's the thing, ultimately, is that because you have so many characters that exist now that didn't even exist when the Air of the Empire was right. Written. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how else? How else is she going to shoehorn Ahsoka into the OT timeline if not do something rather loose to Air of the Empire? Well, and here's the other thing: we do have the, of course, the newer Timothy Zahn Thrawn books, which are are technically canon. Uh, you mean uh, the Chiss Ascendancy trilogy? Uh, yeah, the ones that have come out over the Yeah, last the few ones years. they finished up, I think it was about, what was it, four or five years ago? Um, I haven't even lost that. I think it may have been like three years ago. Ah, what is time anymore? Yeah. Uh, so, like I said, I, I, think, I think what boils down to mm-hmm. right now is I, I truly believe that this Ahsoka show is the most important show to to have an effect on Star Wars since the launch of Mandalorian because we know we uh, we know what place Star Wars was kind of in when Mandalorian came out yeah so it was in the kind of place where you needed a tiny little frog to uh get fans to stop clawing at each other but but a Mandalorian did Mandalorian brought a lot of the fan base back together when a lot of the fan base was very split. I think, I think yeah, Ahsoka... Yeah, to be fair, you and I both know it's been uh, split since uh, since an Ewok decided to hump uh, Harrison's leg. Yeah, well, but... So, that is... Uh, what I'm saying is that is nothing new for this fandom. It likes to yeah. act like it is. It isn't. Mm-hmm. But the importance of Ahsoka is this. At least in my opinion. Whether you agree with me or not, that's another thing. But I think Ahsoka is the show that is going to define what the next five years of Star Wars is going to be like. Well, it's definitely going to define the next phase of their their, uh, use of plus. Well, like I said, I think I think well, but because I, I think the, all the elements that are around the only reason I say that kind of was one that's our focus with this show number one, number one, and number two is I look at I look at the two camps very differently. The movie side, where it's like that's all sitting comfortably in twenty twenty six for now, we'll address that if we like have to if if certain things don't end in Hollywood. Ugh. But there is that. And then there's the TV side, and it's like, well, the TV side is cute, mainly because you've all been talking about it since uh, since before Disney was even on your radar. Um, I think it was like you know early '90s they were talking about you know Star Wars and television in some capacity. Oh. but 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 here here is the thing, and this is I'm taking certain things into account right now. Oh, I'm sure you are. Um. I have little doubt 
in one of the things Bob Iger has said is that they are reassessing everything at Disney. Mm-hmm. And when they, when he says that there's going to be more stuff aimed for the theaters than there is going to be for the plus, right. And in, in the, in the foreseeable future, I, I believe him on that because I think what I think they have, they're going to be sitting down doing a full real valuation of, how Disney Plus incorporates into other, well, other things. Well, one, they need to, and two is, look, everybody knows, uh, you know, I, uh, full disclosure, I I work for a movie theater. I'm, you know, that's what I do when I'm not podcasting. So to hear Bob Iger say this, I'm elated, number one. And number two, I'm like, yeah, this is why he's sticking around to 2026. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want his legacy to be crapped on again because some some other CEO comes in and takes a big uh, EOP fart on it. Well, but 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 again, and this is why I think Ahsoka becomes very important because of what Ahsoka is doing storyline wise and what Ahsoka is doing with. The introduction of all of these characters into live yeah. action. These are all characters who I feel like Disney needs to have a solid reception to because they need to be able to convert these characters to big to the big screen. I agree. Because these characters have these character these characters have to there are some of these characters that have to have a future on the I agree. Screen. And you know what you know what I'm gonna cite as the biggest uh jump toward that positivity? Mm-hmm. Uh Sabine. And the only reason I say that is look, I wasn't a big fan of uh the Sabine character in Rebels, mainly because the armor and the hair were a little too bright. It almost felt a little too focus group tested, right? Like, mm-hmm. a, I'm like, wait, who is this, you know, pu- this Mandalorian in Punky Brewster's armor? Wait, what, what, what? Well, okay, so so I, I, I know where you're coming from here, David, and we, I, I, I... But what I'm, say, but what what I'm saying problem. is you look at, you know, uh, Natasha's... Natasha Lubordizo's take on Sabine and what they've done is they they've toned that down. They've muted the the brightness of yeah. the armor. They've even muted the, the the hair and now it's no more purple than say, you know, Admiral Holdo. Right. But so so here but here here's my other point to it, David, and I'm gonna use Go a comparison ahead. here. When you are taking characters that are introduced on a TV mm-hmm. show and trying to move them into a movie, no matter how big and popular right. they are, it's an effort to get those characters to be taken seriously. And here's no, the comparison I, I I'm totally going to agree with that. Okay, but let me let me make this comparison, David, because I think this is one of the problems that Marvel has on their hands okay. right now, is that they've put so much into trying to get things on Disney yeah. Plus that they've made certain characters irrelevant and that to put them on the big screen are people going to care that they see these characters on the big screen 
I'll, I'll, I'll give you the perfect example of what, what what's going to be one of the biggest tests. Well, the, if to me, all right. hear me out. To me, if you look at the shows that have succeeded on Disney Plus, for that are yeah. Marvel shows, they all contain characters that had already been established in the MCU films and then brought them to TV. Yes. But I think the biggest test is going to be taking a character who was in the films and they brought to TV and elevated that character standing in the TV yeah. show. But because it happened on a TV show, are people going to enjoy the elevation of that character standing and are people going to accept it when it's in a movie now? Uh, was... And I'm, ta- I'm talking about Sam Wilson as Captain America. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But in the case of Sam, Sam's also been in the movie space. Oh, I I understand that, but he was a sidekick character, and that and then they upped him to a, a to a main level character on. TV. Oh, so that's the comparison you're using with um, uh, Ahsoka and this sort of uh, you know uh, rebels and friends. Yeah. Uh, because here, here's here's the here's the other All aspect right. of that too, and this is where the casting becomes so important. Because Rosario Dawson isn't considered a TV actress; she's considered a movie actress. Yeah, she doesn't. And so, translating her, I think, is the easiest of the characters. But there's a lot of these characters now; they're getting introduced for the first time in live action, but on television. I would say there's the second one you're overlooking. Well, there's Thrawn. Too. No, there's Mary Elizabeth Winstead. As far no, no, no. The only reason I bring that up as far as the, you know, uh, they've gone, they they have a toe in the other camp as well. Yeah, but well, give me a second because I'm gonna get to Mary Elizabeth here in just a mm-hmm. minute. So I I think this is kind of where the, this is the big test because. Where I think Disney lost their way with Disney Plus and what the idea was to be compared to what it's become. Right. I always think Iger's initial intention with Disney Plus was to have those shows on Disney Plus, not nearly as many as they've done, but have those shows on Disney Plus to supplement and support things on on the big screen. But certainly would have been a better approach, except, you know, obviously Bobby Chapek had the you know, fudge yeah. all that. So, so here's where it gets a little interesting because I want to talk about Mary Elizabeth now because, of course, she's one half of the ultimate Star Wars power couple. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, uh, by the way, before you go on, uh-huh. can I just say, I don't care how you have to do it, I'd love to see, and I think we all would, some scenario where Hera is bossing around Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. That would just be fantastic. So, with Hera... Be such a with, peak in the yeah. human's home life. So, here's the, here's the anyway, thing. Anyway, go on. Sorry. With Hera and Mary Elizabeth. I love Mary Elizabeth Weinstein. Oh, I do, too. I loved her. I but, loved her in that one Die Hard movie that was just awful. Yeah, but here's the th- here's the thing with her. Okay. I don't think she, as much as I love her, she doesn't quite have that Rosario Dawson clout. 
No, but I th- the the, the you're, fandom you're forgetting the clout she does have is the most awesome movie ever made. That Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Okay, well, and uh, uh, right, and I'm going to get to let me hit, hit that point. Within fandom, yes, she has a lot of clout because of what she's done, fandom wise. Right. Yeah. So, and this David is where we always have this little conversation about. You still have to write for the fans, but you still have to write for the general fan as well. Right. No, I agree. As far as the as far as the Star Wars fandom clout, her clout uh-huh. there is being married to Obi Wan. Yeah. So what I'm saying here is is that here you have Hera, who is an incredibly popular character within the Star Wars fandom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here you have an actress who, fandom wise, in fandom lanes. Is very well known and very popular. Yeah. But in mainstream, and when this is where I get into the difference between the fandom fans and the general fans. Right. They have to sell this character. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And so that's where I'm talking about where it gets hard because you have this character, and yes, this and this goes back to the movie versus TV experience. You have some people who will just, oh, a new Star Wars movie's out. I'm going to go check it out. Right. They might not check out the TV show for for a multiverse of reasons. Well, that's that's the real problem, and and that's what I've been saying, um, uh, even off mic with you, is that's the problem Marvel's having right now. Yeah. So, again, you have a Rosario Dawson. People recognize that name. Yeah. Right. The average the average person is probably going to recognize that name. Maybe it's like, oh, that name sounds familiar. Then you say a role she's played. Oh yeah, okay, I know who she is. Yeah. If, if you go just in the Pussycats, Rand, uh, the Kevin Smith movies, all the stuff she's been in, yeah, they're gonna be there for. Her. Mary Elizabeth Weinstead. You have to kind of dive a little deeper there. Yes, any fandom person, as soon as you say Scott Pilgrim, will initially be, oh, yeah. But general public people, you're going to have to dive in a little deeper for, for her. Well, if you want to talk about diving a little deeper for her, there's no diving deeper than uh, Natasha Lubordizo. Yeah. I mean, but, if you have to do a little, like, toe dive for Mary Elizabeth, you have to do a lot for uh, Natasha. Right. But so again, it's important. What 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 I'm saying though, and David is in this aspect, mm-hmm. it's important that this show is the kind of show that can have the reaction the Mandalorian did because there was so much buzz around the Mandalorian when it yeah. came out that people invested into the Mandalorian. This show needs to have the same kind of effect. I I I would 100% agree with that. This show, as I call it, needs to become a water cooler show. This has got to be the kind of show where people, the day I, the day, the next morning that it airs, people got to be talking about. Yeah, I agree, and that dovetails nicely into the last topic I want to go into, which is, I kind of, and, and look, I had this, this reaction watching the haunted mansion because, um, you know, well, I, you know. Obviously, support my queen, Rosario, but I almost feel like I want to give Rosario a warm hug because 
This is a really awkward time for it right now. Uh, it's an awkward time for. It's a let's be honest. It's a really awkward time for Disney right now. This <laughs> well, has not been a good that's Disney. true. But I'm trying to keep it around this whole show, not around a whole corporation that's not making a lick of sense right now. Well, no, I agree with that. But the, but the reason why you have to put that comparison is because it's another Disney project that we're talking that about. That is true, yeah. yeah. I mean, if, if you want to look at it that way, it's more, you know, the Star Wars arm project making Disney bank again. Yeah. So, so that, and, and in, that, in that aspect of it... Yeah. And this is where a little bit of the some of the issues come in is Disney's not in the best of light right now. No, they're not with their with their, with their content. Creation. No, they're not, and especially with and Bob Iger opening his mouth. Well, but not not only that. Let's 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 let's, let's take a breath and be honest with you. I, okay, okay, go ahead. Okay, so Disney has had a lot of movies come out over the summer, and none of them to this point, have come anywhere near the hopes and expectations they had for performance, box office performance. Now, Kyle, the okay, without going down this rabbit hole, because I'm not, <laughs> and we've gone down a lot of rabbit holes over the years, you and I, but I'll just say this. They created two elements here, okay? Two, mm-hmm. right? One is you conditioned your audiences to pivot away from you know, theatrical experiences. Now, honestly, you have to add a massive, massive, massive caveat to that with what was yeah. going on at the time. You and I both yeah. know this. Second is, look, they kind of created this themselves because Disney and everyone under the goddamn sun and then some have made the asinine mistake of taking a theatrical window which gave movies a fighting chance and gutting that in half. Now, this year they've done a lot better with actually, you know, dipping their toes back in uh, in treating movies fairly. Treating movies not like second-class streaming citizens, which is just a, a load of horse crap. All right, so they've gotten better at doing at dipping their toes in. What they need to do is commit and fix this. They caused oh, okay. this. Disney only has themselves to blame, Kyle. Well, okay, so sorry, I'm, I agree I'm, with I agree. It's, no, it's an emotional no, I'm, I'm, issue. I, that's, why, I, that's why I'm stopping you because I, I know what hole this goes down, and so you you, you have you all your points are valid. Mm-hmm. Here's here's the other thing I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna add one thing to sure, go ahead. you can agree with me though. There were there's been several movies this year that have come out under the Disney and projects that have come out under the Disney banner this year. Right here, and I'm and I'm going across the Disney banner board. I'm not gonna focus. I'm not just focusing on Star Wars MCU. I, no, but, I I know where you're going with this. Go on. What was the last Disney project that truly hit the expectations Disney was hoping for? 
If you want, because it hasn't been, it, it hasn't been. If anything you want to go, if year. you want to go with that, that would have been Rise of Skywalker in 2019. Well, I, I think I think there's been a couple of things since then, but uh, right, a, a couple, but not to the extent yeah. of you know where Disney really wanted to hit that yeah. mark. Well, and they, again, that's pre that's pre the world changing too as well. So. Well, being interrupted, changing is such a an overused term that well, but, but, the shit out of me. But 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 anyway, when even adjusting for what the movie market is right now, yeah. Indiana Jones didn't meet expectations. And I, I well, bear I'm, with me. I'm, I'm just I'm, gonna, bear, bear with me, David. I'm looking at the business no, no, side. No, no, I know you are. You're better at that than I am, clearly. But mm-hmm. I'm just going to say I knew it wasn't going to. Well, yeah, I think a lot of you people kind of had that feeling. Because I think there isn't an indie fan alive, staunch or otherwise, that especially when they were going through the Rolodex of, uh, you know, Harrison's behavior, you know, on and off since 83, and his fully in, his full intentions with, say, a Han Solo, and his bargaining chip being like, I'll, I'll come back as Han if I get Indy 5. This, this Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny was nothing short of a vanity project for Harrison's ego. Well, okay, so... Okay, then... But, okay, so, Indiana Jones. I mean, I enjoyed it, but it was nothing more than a vanity project for Harrison's ego. Right, I I get that. But, okay, so, just looking at the business side of it, Mm -hmm. Indiana Jones doesn't meet expectations. Little Mermaid does well, but does not meet the hopeful expectations for it. Right. Elemental, the only reason why, for whatever reason, it's going to actually show a little profit for Disney is because it's actually been able to stay in the theaters for forever. Right, yeah. But it, it's not getting that normal Pixar, oh my God, it's Pixar reacting. Well, I, you also got into uh, take into account with that how Disney has been treating Pixar, the two movies well, before. Yeah, but I get, but, 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 yeah, right. And then, well, I, I, no, I get what you're coming from, but I'm just, I'm just, Looking at these particular no, no, no. I'm just saying you got to add that into the effect yeah. when you're talking about Pixar today. Yeah, but, yeah. Haunted Mansion looks like it's going to be a bomb. As far as far as just the financial basis and the money that was put into it, mm-hmm. we've we've had our discussion about Secret Invasion, Ant Man and the Wasp, uh, Quantum Media did average at best. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Kyle, could we please go back to Ahsoka? I don't like. I don't no, like oh, no, where you're going the, with this. Well, no. So again, where I come, where I'm coming back to with this to on Ahsoka, David, yeah. is again why Ahsoka is important because Ahsoka is important for so many multiple of reasons. Yes, yeah, no, I get that, and. I think I I think it's going to succeed. I I, I truly I truly believe that in my heart. Of I certainly hope so. But I, again, I think I think I just think that there's and this is just gut feeling for me that ah- Ahsoka has to succeed in a way that it's going to boost everything. 
and that's not I know it's that's not fair to put that on Ahsoka, on the Ahsoka show, but I have that much faith in it as well. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's kind of that's kind of my thought point there is that just Ahsoka is a turnkey moment for not only Star Wars but I think the Disney as a whole. Yeah, well, it's certainly going to impress, and it certainly has to impress the next Disney quarter discussion because uh, I'm sorry, I walked away from uh, as you're listening to this on delayed podcast. They had the uh, latest Q3 quarter on August 9th. And I don't know about you, Kyle, but I walked away with, I'm just like, I walked away going, this is not a win for Iger at all. No, it's it, it, it's, it's not a win for Iger. It's not a win for anybody right, right. now. It's, 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 nobody's winning right now. I'll, I'll <laughs> that's, tell that's you what, I'll part. tell you what. The, 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 the quarter three, right? At least Iger didn't make comments on the strikes that were any dumber than his unrealistic bullshit that he said weeks before. Yeah. No, I I, I agree. You know the one that I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was stupid even for him. I mean, those comments coming out of his mouth, that was like Michael Eisner stupid. That's, yeah, I mean, but let's focus, at the end of the day, I want to, let's focus on the positive. We have what is going to be, I think, an amazing show coming out with an amazing character. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I I I'm really, I'm really looking forward to seeing how Hopefully, the ultimate success of this show affects everything. Yeah, because I I really think it's that it, it it could have that kind of impact. Yeah, I definitely agree. Well, gang, that's gonna bring us to the end of this uh, yeah, spirited civil. Uh, uh, Kyle and I are always civil to each other. I mean, even if we don't agree, but uh, David David just scared of me because I can, he knows I can get him audited. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh. Uh, the only thing I understand is honor. I don't understand honor. <laughs> ah. ah. I mean, otters are cute. They're adorable. And, they're, and they shouldn't be abused. I'm looking at you, James Gunn. Well, you know, just as long as I don't have a look at your big bad choice for box of, tri- box of loot. Oh, that would be called my apartment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that would be called my apartment. You've seen the photos. Yeah. <laughs> the following preview has been geek sealed and podcast approved for all podcast listening audiences. Fanboys and Friends presents Something's Coming. A Fandom Awakens Radio spin off podcast. Something dark. Same of Galaxy Far Away. In the days of war, there was... This is a new beginning. Now, she is a Ronin, walking her own path. War. For others. Power. 
things have changed. Ahsoka Ronan, Way of the Tunnel. I started hearing whispers about Thrawn's return as heir to the Empire. We have to prepare for the worst. The Jedi fell a long time ago. There aren't many left. Coming soon. And yes, we all know we'd, lo we'd love to have him back. It's always been up to him. We know that, Matt. Boy, we love you. You know that chair is always yours. That Super Saiyan Clifton energy, we miss it. We miss it every day. And we, we just might... I don't want to say it now because I reached out. And I and it may happen, it may not. I leave details up to my uh, boy Kyle to figure out. You know, he's the he's the logistics guy here. I just talk, but uh, you know, we do have a open invite to that oh, uh, that wonderful skywalking through Neverland. You know, dyad duo, right? Um, Believe me, those two, Matt, you, me, that would certainly make a rather chock-full ghost crew, don't you think? Uh, it'd be a little crowded, but I think Kazlab can handle it. <laughs> yeah, you know you know what? You know what? Uh, oh, my God. Can you imagine if they blow up the ghost in the Soka? Can you imagine how much Kazlab would have to backpedal their foot out of their own mouth? Oh, I, I don't. I don't think that's a concern for them. The product's already massively backed. I know. I, I know. I saw. I, I was gonna do it myself, but I, I, I passed because I'm. I'm sorry. My, my one and only Haslab was a complete, completely different uh, franchise altogether. And, 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 come on. And that was my Egon Spengler yeah. Proton Pack. And, and let's be honest, you have nowhere to put that huge ship. Oh, I'd turn out. It'd be your coffee table. <laughs> Shoot, it'd be my room board. All right, well, uh, but no, um, and I'll announce on our social medias whether all, everything falls into play, but again, I'll leave details up to you on that one, Kyle. So for me, again, uh, David said that and my co-host Kyle Wagner uh, well, we'll see you for Ahsoka, kids. And remember, you can take Star Wars lukewarm, you can take Star Wars Mustafarian hot, or as cold as a vacation on Hoth, but at the end of the day, Star Wars is the way. Everybody, stop. Thanks for listening to Fandom Awakens Radio. Three, two, one. 
episode eight. Gosh. The first film didn't even have a number. Lucasfilm and all things Star Wars are subsidiaries of the Walt Disney Company. All rights reserved. Ryan has written a story that's unexpected but right. Some of the stuff that happens, people are going to be like, oh, my God. Even though I think I know it all, they throw things at me story-wise I never could have imagined. And even though everybody knows that it's the second in a trilogy, it feels like its own thing. Star Wars is so cool because there's all these creatures and all these amazing visual effects. But all the characters are also so complex. Ryan needs to work on his walkie sounds. <laughs> Ridiculous. New director can't even just learn a walkie sound. It feels like the storylines are becoming more established. We're really getting to know these new characters also with the characters that we know and love we're seeing their lives change everything is being shifted in an opposite way to what the audience expected after seven ryan's made star wars fresh and new fandom awakens radio is meant for informational purposes only it'll be a little shocking, but I'm hoping it'll feel real and honest. It's our most ancient story of good against evil, told in the most fascinating way, but it has a real spiritual depth to it. It's about family, and that's what's so powerful about it. Fans together strong. Ahsoka Tano. Jedi. Rebel. Warrior. But who is she exactly? We have 30 seconds to find out. Wow, big clock. Okay. And begin. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, a brave Jedi was forged in the battles of the Clone Wars. Her name, Ahsoka Tano. She started as a Padawan under Jedi Master Anakin Skywalker. Yes, the Chosen One, who eventually became Darth Vader. She was a spy for the fledging rebellion and helped defeat the Empire. She has two lightsabers. Amazing. In our new series, she faces her past while helping to prevent the return of a fearsome enemy. Ahsoka enlists the help of her friend Sabine Wren, a fiercely independent Mandalorian warrior, and General Harrison Dula, one of the best pilots in the galaxy and central member of the Rebellion and her droid Chopper. Ahsoka and Sabine will have to team up with Hera to expose an intergalactic threat from Grand Admiral Thrawn. Not bad. Chopper, how did I do? Rude? (laughs) 